Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast Live Underdog Stream Edition. I'm your host, Ian Harditz, and I am here to draft the best ball team alongside PFF's finest, Dwayne The Rock McFarlane, also resident ranking expert, Nathan Yonke. Fellas, been a minute, but we're back, ready to, you know, enter the puppy we already have and uh, hopefully win some money. Dwayne, how's, uh, how's your Tuesday? Well, yeah, I mean, I think we've already spent some time together, so it's going good since I got to hang out with you. But now it's even better because I get to hang out with Nate. So, yeah, looking forward to this puppy, too. Um, I love the format, love how they time box these. So if other stuff happens later in the season, doesn't matter. We're only dealing with the people that drafted in this window for the puppy, too. So that's one of the benefits of it. Naturally, Dwayne and I did a catch-up news podcast earlier today, and we missed the absolutely massive news that Nikhil Harry has been traded to the Bears for a seventh-round pick. So, you know what? We'll just worry about that another time. I'm not ready to uh, I'm like we're doing the drafts. Like I can't go outside and touch some grass right now, but I still feel like we just need to be better. Nathan, you went ahead and took Cooper Cup at the 102. Why and how's it going? Uh, first off, it's going well. Uh, happy Scott Fishbowl week. Um, I guess there's really a decision at two with the two guys that got picked after me as well. Um, one, I like both Cup and Jefferson a little bit more than McCaffrey. Just the risk involved with it i'm happy enough to get running backs at the end of the second round start of the third round if i want some running backs there and i just worry that he could lose a little bit of playing time where i feel a lot safer with both cup and jefferson and between the two wide receivers i feel like it's a coin flip basically uh cups just slightly safer but jefferson probably has a little more upside I have been snagging all the Deontay Foreman when he's down there in like the 16th, 17th round. Truly like one of the single latest kind of potential high upside handcuffs you can get right there with Jamal Williams. I am now on the clock. I was saying before, I keep getting this damn draft slot. And you know what, guys? I keep taking Travis Kelsey. Like when I have to pick between Najee Harris or, you know, basically Stefan Diggs usually gone. I have to go either Najee or one of my kind of wide receiver five or beyond and just having travis kelsey there does make you feel good because you can still usually still get one of these ballers on the go round Dwayne, i know you've uh done quite a few drafts here um over the past month how often do you find yourself getting kelsey in round one uh quite a bit when i'm down on this end and man you know something i haven't got to do i haven't got to pair him with adams yet i've been wanting Ooh. to because both in the afc west you're going to get the natural shootouts through the season yeah it's uh i haven't been able to pull that one off so you're getting right now, Devontae Adams is sitting there for you behind ADP. Look at you. I'll, I'll do it just because you were talking about it, uh, Dwayne. Actually had this exact construction happen earlier. Devontae seems to be sliding ever so slightly, but probably not too big of a deal there. Dwayne, I did notice you went ahead and took uh, Dalvin Cook ahead of Najee Harris. It's a time. We're doing it. And Derrick Henry. Yeah, I just I have him ranked ahead of them both now. So I feel like, you know, we've got to be on brand here, Ian. You know, this is a PFF show. No, but this is new. Like, what made you put him ahead of Henry? I thought we were Team Dalvin RB6. I'm not saying it's wrong. I do agree they're in this big tier. Maybe we are undervaluing Dalvin, the consensus 102 last season. Just, you know, Dalvin versus Derrick Henry. Why, sir? Yeah, it's just the explosive, you know, playmaking ability that Cook has. Um, you know, and he's also involved in the passing game. Derrick Henry obviously has a big upside, right? If things go right. And we like Derrick Henry more in a half PPR than we do in a full. So I think it's fine if you want to go with Henry, but you know, Cook's a little bit younger. I like his overall offense better. Um, you know, so I just feel like there's a little bit more upside with Dalvin Cook. Um, you know, I know last year he came down a little bit, but 
you and I were talking about it on the pod the other day, like in the games where he was fully healthy, it was more, I think I got to, I have to go back and look, but I want to say in the games where he was fully healthy, it was still like 18 fantasy points per game. And then, you know, the year before it was like 24. So he's still in that range where we can get the high end upside we want involved in both facets of the game, which is obviously my preference. Looking at the board, still got Mark Andrews, top player available. He is usually gone by the middle parts of round two. After him, we're seeing Kyle Pitts go around, you know, usually midway through round three. George Kittle, Darren Waller after that. Guys, going through our lovely PFF fantasy projections, and we have Kittle one target ahead of Debo. Now, first I scoffed, then I went back, did a little research myself, yeah, last year, yes, Debo Samuel did average more targets per game than George Kittle. Two previous years, though, even on a per-game basis, accounting for injuries for both guys, Kittle was over Debo. Dwayne, we've talked a lot about you know just the potential for Kittle if he stays healthy, which, yes, it's a big if, but my God, man. If he can stay healthy and you get George Kittle having a career year in the fourth or fifth round, like, as you always say, man, when we're thinking about some of these players, like, is this a player that you could, like, really be kicking yourself for not taking at this spot a couple months from now? George Kittle could absolutely be that guy. Yeah, and at tight end, we know we get such a big drop-off, right? You you just want to have access to the guys that have the big upside up top that make it where, oh, my gosh, if they go off, you're basically getting a wide receiver one-like performance out of them. There's only a handful that can do it. And so Kittle is Kittle gives you the biggest discount, right? <laughs> so, I mean, Waller goes a little bit ahead of him in the fourth round. Kittle goes towards the end of the fourth round, early fifth round in most of these. And it's just a differentiator, you know, at the position for you. So, yeah, I love Kittle. Did a – I put out a thread last – week on twitter just using targets per route run and routes run per drop back and most people don't realize that you'll hear a lot like people like oh well george kittle he's a blocker yeah he's a good run blocker he does not stay into pass block though 84 percent of the time the 49ers drop back to pass in games where he played at least 10 percent of the snaps 84 percent of the time he was in a route which is the same as what we see with kelsey it's the same as what we see with mark andrews so the 49ers know like they've got an awesome playmaker you just got to get him out there the big problem is we know it's a run heavy offense we know debo's there brandon Ayuk is also a good talent so yeah there's some challenges got quarterback questions but whenever you're getting into the fourth and fifth rounds like kittle's a guy that i love Nathan, you also agree. You have George Kittle tight end three in your PPR rankings, which everyone can go find at pff.com. And you know what? If you do happen to need a a subscription to go access those rankings, boy, you're listening to the right stream because using promo code PFF, spend just $10 over at Underdog Fantasy. They'll actually match your deposit up to $100. And again, using promo code PFF, get a free PFF subscription. All you got to do is sign up over at Underdog Fantasy, get that free PFF subscription and check out again, the one, the only ranking resident expert, Nathan Yonke. Tight end three for George Kittle. I will say, Nate, as you grab Keenan Allen in the third round, Mike Williams a little low, wide receiver 18. Man, it's a weird time these days. It is 2022, and in these streets these days, we're seeing him go wide receiver 12, wide receiver 13. Oh, a little bit in this one, but are you comfortable, Nate, basically going through this, not getting much of Mike Williams? Oh, uh, yeah, I think um, the Chargers passing offense are going to have so much volume, and they don't have a ton of good options outside of those two, of course, Eckler in the backfield, but um, they are okay at tight end. They probably are pretty below average at third wide receivers. So having those two, I think both wide receivers will see a ton of volume. I just trust Keenan Allen and just how much production he's had year in year out and hasn't seemed to slow down yet. Where Mike Williams, um, he was a player last year where he seemed to have stretches where he was playing while stretches where maybe he wasn't playing as well. So, um, Allen's just someone that I trust more. 
I agree. And do have Keenan one spot ahead of Mike, but maybe, you know, the answer is both running backs flying off the board rather early in this one. I'm used to being able to kind of have my pick between Connor and ETN and a few here. They went, now I have Pittman and, oh boy. I have been drafting a lot of Cam Akers, but I know if I take him now, I have no chance of getting the Kelsey Mahomes stack. So I'm going to do a slight reach here. Patrick Mahomes, round four, maybe get Derek Carr later. We'll see if I regret it, but man, Kelsey Mahomes to start. That's the that's the one we want there. And Dwayne, we were talking about this on the pod today. I'll let you pick here. But, you know, the more we try to anoint Juju or, oh, hey, MVS is the star of OTAs or, hey, don't forget about Miko Hardman. Like the most realistic outcome is probably Travis Kelsey going the hell off like he does every year and everyone else, you know, putting in their, uh, putting in their one fifth over there because, you know, like they said in Moneyball, uh, you can't replace Jason freaking John, but maybe you can get three guys to maybe come in and help to get together combined to do it. So same kind of thing with Tyreek and these receivers and Dwayne, you're continuing to get some exposure to Juju. And I do think that's smart because at the end of the day, he is a potential top receiver in the chiefs offense, but man, Lazard and MVS, like those are going to be the ones you're going to be tilting your face off with every Sunday because no, they haven't freaking done it before. But my God, they could be the number one for Mahomes and Rogers. Does this keep you up at night? No, I'm I'm actually tired of talking about it. We've got a long way to go. <laughs> Look, it's it's just about their ADPs. They've risen so much. Look, and I feel pretty confident about it. Like guys that have their profile have not broken out, even when they've gotten their quarterback upgrade. So I just I'm not I'm really not that worried about it. And I can live with it at the end of the day. I think the most likely outcome for Lazard and MBS if they do break out is oh great, they gave me an 18, 19% target share in an offense. I don't think it's gonna be something that breaks me. Obviously, there is that one percent chance that it could really hurt me. So I do get exposure to both players. I I have a I, I meant to text you the other day. I have a share of Alan Lazard now. Whoa. Um, he Hold went on. like 15 picks after 80. Yeah. <laughs> so I know that I've got to get some exposure when they go past ADP, which has really just been my approach, you know, um, at this point. So it's like when I do all this research and it's kind of pointing me in one way, like I can't just ignore it. Be like, well, fine, I'll just take MVS just because like, look, MVS has already played with a really good quarterback and Aaron Rodgers. And even in the games where you didn't have Devontae Adams, guess what? He didn't do anything. I know he looks like the best receiver ever on the planet, according to Andy Reid, whenever they're all in shorts. We'll see what happens in September. Short Gamer TV, thanks for watching. Ian, how much Duke Johnson exposure do you have? Yeah, I'm kind of a fraud here, people. I got the free Duke Johnson username, and I am yet to draft Duke Johnson. So one of these days, I just got to burn the 18th round pick and go get the use all-time leading rusher. Like, you know, there really are worse ways to spend it. Kind of wish they didn't feel the need to go get James Cook, though. We'll see if Dwayne's uh, wet dream comes true and the Bills find a way to add Kareem Hunt to the equation probably unlikely though nathan you just went around the turn got george kittle dwayne's probably freaking out about your loaded west start here you got javante david montgomery now cooper cup keenan allen and george kittle how are you feeling through five rounds nate uh fairly happy so far went and did my big uh ppr rankings update uh that went out today so went through and updated all my rankings got my rankings updated here at underdog so so far i've basically been following my board just picking the top guy on my list and i've been happy with the results so far absolutely balling per usual Dwayne, is it kyler if he gets to you i don't think i can do it this draft to be honest i've gone with three running backs and a tight end to start like taking kyler here makes it pretty crazy um but i'm not gonna take him so he might come back to you I don't think he's going to come back to me or my but, line. I mean, 
<laughs> well, Juju's my pick if I don't take Kyler. Oh, over Brandon so, Cooks? Why? Yeah, just I need access. I want access to that AFC West. So I mean, <sighs> that gives me Kansas City. I've got Vegas. Um, you know, I've already got the Minnesota Green Bay, the two passing down backs facing off in week 17 uh with Cook and Aaron Jones. Um, Nate, it's, Nate just, gets it's just it's 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 got man. Juju wide receiver 33. He gets it. Yeah, it's it's just yeah, tough. I don't man. see him on my screen right now, I don't think. <laughs> oh yeah, he just went. Oh, yeah. that, that's probably why. <laughs> I thought you like had your own rankings. You just left them. Yeah, out. that's what I thought. That's what I thought too. No, I I, I took Juju with my pick. Yeah, um, it's it's tough to start with the three backs and the tight end and to come back with the quarterback, just because you guys know how fast the receivers go yeah. <laughs> over here. Like I would be staring down at my wide receiver three would be you know. Something like, well, I yeah, probably be something like Sky Moore is my wide receiver three if I didn't go ahead and take one. Okay, Which, I got you know wor- yeah. worse things you know in life than Sky Moore. I want Sky Moore on my team. I don't necessarily want him to be counting on him to start week one. That's the beauty of best ball. I feel the same way about AJ Dillon as my RB one, but you know what? Witter things have happened. My start: Mahomes, Kelsey, quarterback, tight end stack. AJ Dillon's gonna be our first running back. What the kids might call zero RB. I guess we're goofing around with here. Then got Devontae Adams, Michael Pittman, and Brandon Cooks as big three wide receivers. So I'm feeling all right here. It's um, there really are certain ranges of each position that I think you can feel good about. Dwayne, maybe this is something that now that we're done with our you know eight week long team preview series that we can <laughs> focus a little bit more on because I'm sure you guys see it when you go through these like uh, just situations where we're taking our quarterbacks uh, in rounds five or six because the selection isn't that great and don't love the running backs you know in the early twenties necessarily. Once we get to the later ones, the rounds they're going they are pretty reasonable. Dwayne, you did go ahead and. Who did you just take? Amon Ra St. Brown. Nate, where do you fall on Amon Ra? You're, as I'm looking it up, wide receiver 25. Apparently pretty good. Let's go. Yeah, he was the top wide receiver on my board at the time of the pick. I'm excited about him this year. I think he can remain their top uh, player in targets this year, despite all the changes they made at wide receiver and ideally having everyone healthy in the offense. But he just played so well down the stretch last year that um, if anything, you would hope a rookie improves in his second year. So maybe his target share maybe isn't quite as high, but hopefully his efficiency is a little bit better this year. Plus, hopefully the offense plays better in general, which gets them down in the red zone more, more touchdown opportunities. So I'm excited for him this year. I took like a long, like almost like a whole minute of podcast time, just listing like the 66 wide receivers, including a Monra uh, that had scored. I think it was like five games with at least 20 PPR points uh, just over the past, like 20 years. So I'll save all you guys from that same uh, speech there, but uh, you know, it was again, though, it was one just great wide receiver after another. And okay. There was a Laurent Robinson here and they, uh, Who's the Bears guy? There were a few exceptions. Eddie Royal was the other one I was thinking of. A few guys out there, and maybe, but when you look at the offseason additions, DJ Chark is going to be an outside guy. He's not touching Amon Ra's usage. Jamison Williams might not be back here for the first month, at least, of the season. No one else is that big of a threat. Like, I understand Hawkinson and Swift were out, but other than the occasional running back target and handoff here and there for Amon Ra, which, like, cool that he was getting that in the first place. 
I just don't think they're going to be eating much into it. He is the number one receiver for a quarterback that has a pretty nice history of enabling fantasy relevant receivers. Like I'm not saying you have to love Kirk cousins or love Jared Goff, but these guys have put helped a lot of good receivers put together great seasons. Don't be afraid to go fetch some of those wide receivers expected to do that in 2022. Nate, Snagging Clyde Edwards Alaire. Dwayne and I were talking a little bit about him today. It just sucks that we need to concern ourselves this much about Jarek freaking McKinnon in the year 2022 when it comes to Clyde. Like, Nate, how confident can you be that Clyde can be the leading rusher? Because we are getting a little bit of Rojo steam here and also target getter with Jarek now in the picture. Yeah, well, I think any running back that we're talking about this late in the draft has at least one, if not two other people that you're concerned about. So that's why he's fallen as far as he has. But I think um, if you um, believe that injuries were a big cause of what led to his problems last year um, and the other two running backs, it's just a big question mark of they could definitely be a big factor or they could be a complete non-factor. We saw Ronald Jones go from the lead rusher in Tampa Bay to barely on the field. Jarek McKinnon went from barely playing last year to being a contributor in the playoffs. So um, I think it basically can be a hot hand kind of thing where if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is playing well, I could see the other two running backs barely seeing the field where if he's not playing well, then they'll rotate more and see what happens. I went ahead and snagged Tony Pollard as my RB2. Look at those handcuffs. This is the ultimate you could imagine lineup going on. Some might say that's ideal for tournament play. I don't know. Dwayne, I, I don't know what I'm looking at here. So if you have anything to say about what you're thinking, that'd be great so I can freaking concentrate, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, right now, I'm sitting on a roster with the three backs is how I started. Here, here's the one thing, and Nathan, I want to get your thoughts. Like, I like the profile like of the guys I got. I got Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, Travis Etienne, all explosive playmakers, work in the receiving game. That's kind of like what I'm looking for. Um, and I think there's a potential like if you get your running backs right, you know, and you win the flex with your running back spot, like we've seen when that happens in the past, like how big that can be. The problem is later in drafts, like whenever you can be throwing, you know, darts at some of these other running backs that we know have spike week potential, but also could turn into something really good if their running back in front of them goes down, like you're kind of negating some of that. So just be interested, Nathan, in your thoughts on starting any of these drafts, running back, running back, running back, have you done it? Um, and then that'll give me time to make my pick as well. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I have definitely done it before. I think it's a viable strategy just because there's such a huge drop off at running back once you get to a certain point around running back 20 or so where first you have the guys that are either really good, have a lot of opportunity or both. And then everyone else after that is either not as talented or in a very clear timeshare. So um, definitely health is a huge thing. So you have to hope that all three guys remain healthy throughout the season but there are just so many good wide receivers that you can get later in the draft as well. I was writing my sleeper wide receiver article went up today and I basically fell in love with all five wide receivers that you can get in the mid rounds after writing about them and thinking, okay, there's a decent chance that this player can do well. All he needs is this to go right or those kinds of things. And you draft so many wide receivers that you only need a couple of them to hit. So um, I think it's perfectly fine to go running back heavy early and then get a lot of wide receivers later. And it's just a matter of if you hit or not, because like we know that running backs outscore, you know, um, wide receivers in their top end range of outcomes, like the top five finishers since 2011 and half PPR formats, like 79% of them have been running backs, right? So that top, top end, if you can hit on it, 
it's really great. I will say it is typically harder to find the late round wide receivers than potentially finding a running back that could through injury luck, right? All of a sudden, and we just care about the touches could find their way into a workload. Um, but I think you said something that's really interesting, Nate. Um, and I think this is something that people forget about. Um, each year, everything's different, right? I think a lot of the way you want to think about building your rosters depends on how strong do you think the positional pull is later in the draft at each spot right? And where do you have the most confidence? So for example, like you're looking at your receiver sleepers, you're looking at your running back sleepers, or you're just looking maybe at receivers that are just undervalued. Maybe they don't even necessarily qualify right as sleepers. And so that's typically where I start. And so I wrote an article earlier this season, like reverse engineering the perfect draft. And it all starts with that. Like where is the strength in the draft? Like between like round 18, between round eight and 14. And what does that look like? And every year it is a little bit different. So I thought it was interesting that you brought that up. Do you have a leaning right now this year as to which positions you think can provide the most value late. Cause the other thing you don't want to be do is like pinning your hopes on like two guys. And if you miss on them, right. Your, your strategy has gone. Like you need, you need to have a few viable options that, you know, even if you need to reach a little bit past ADP, but to make your, you know, your roster constructions work, like that's a big part of it. Yeah. I think wide receiver is definitely strong late. And I think quarterback's the position where, um, yeah, it makes some sense to get one of those top five or six guys. They definitely stand out from everyone else. But if you miss out on those six guys, I think quarterback is deep enough after that point where um, I can rank 13, 14, 15 guys where I'd be comfortable with any of them starting. So might as well. This is probably thinking more about redraft than best ball right now. But um, that I'd be happy waiting and letting the 11 other teams get quarterbacks before I consider getting one because there's enough guys that I like if I miss out on those top six players. Yep. And I was going to actually have to take Hawkinson, you know, even though I already have Waller, I was like, man, 20, 20, you know, picks past ADP. It's like pretty much anything, you know, is game. He's sliding, man. He's just not one of those. We were talking about the Lions. I just think he's a little bit better in real life. Like we just haven't seen him put up the same sort of route efficiency numbers, not to be yep. too much of a freaking nerd as uh, some of these other tight ends. Like I just think Goddard and, you know, maybe Dawson Knox. It's at least Dawson Knox has Josh Allen throwing him the ball. You know, other guys have a few more things going for him. Uh, I was about to get some comments. I am on the clock. You know what? I've been talking a little bit of shit about him, but Ramondre Stevenson, I keep being okay with in round nine or 10 or so, especially if I did go late on the running back room. So I'll get shares there. I do know a lot of smart people like him, and similar to my feelings on Juju, even if I maybe don't fully see it, don't want to be completely at zero when we got a lot of these drafts rolling out anyway. But hey, William Sampson asking about Chris Godwin going after Amon Ross St. Brown. Dwayne, why don't you talk a little bit about our conversation on Godwin today and our overall expectation for when he'll be back? Yeah, so the latest, you know, on NFL Live, Schefter came out and said there's a potential, right? They hope, quote unquote, you know, that Godwin will be ready. However, whenever, you know, you talked about the quotes from Greg Amon from, you know, that covers Tampa Bay locally, you know, he said, yeah, they're hopeful for that. But there's still the chance that he starts on the pup. They would love to not have to put him on the pup. Most of our medical community in the fantasy football world, which has improved so much, like shout out to all the folks that are doing hard work. Like talk about one of the areas that advanced has advanced the most in like no the doubt. last five years of fantasy football. Like I love it. But like Edwin Porras has been on, you know, our pod, Ian, chatting with you. Uh, when I was actually out on vacay, I was so jealous because I love Edwin. Um, <laughs> but, you know, just talking about the fact that it's probably, you know, going to be tough for him to return before mid-October, you know, or early November. 
And so I think that's still in the range of outcomes. So whenever you got a, a player like that with Godwin, to me, that just moves, it moves them on Ross St. Brown, you know, ahead, you know, for me. And it's really not even that close. Um, you know, I've, I've we, got, we even have Russell Gage ahead of Godwin at this point. Yes, I have. I have Godwin um, at wide. I have him at 73 overall, which is like. 15 spots i think below his 80 his adp is sliding over here but i think it's kind of stabilized since that one little report last week but i think it's still and if you want to cool off a little bit you know on russell gage you can my thing with russell gage is it's not just about godwin this guy has been an ascending player for the last two years all of his underlying data points not to get too nerdy like ian said like all point to a potential breakout and now you land in the bucks offense with tom brady without rob gronkowski let's say that godwin is ready for the beginning of the year i think we can all agree that he's not going to be the same godwin right away right so but even if we thought godwin was going to be full speed by week eight you know i think russell gage can still carve out a role in this offense as being one of the top options and can still give you value so yeah godwin is a player that i'm just kind of waiting on right now let's hear more information let's actually see him practice before we you know spend a high draft pick on him um because even once we hear that he's going to play like i think we've kind of already seen the ceiling of his adp there was a point folks this offseason and us included like we shouldn't it shouldn't be this way where people just weren't really thinking about how long Godwin could be out. Right. Um, And he was at that time going in the fifth round. So let's say um, we get good news. Godwin's practicing. We think he's going to be ready for week one. Like, I don't think his ADP is going to go much higher than like a fifth or a fourth round with folks knowing that he could still be dinged up. And at that point, that's fine. I'll just pay that price then, but I definitely don't want to overpay now. Just real quickly with some of those guys, because having Edwin on the podcast was fantastic. And what he was able to do is just from the date the guy got injured, the typical ACL recovery, I want to say it was nine months. We just took, we took that date for these guys, other ones he had done additional research. So with that in mind, Chris Goblin, October 3rd, Michael Gallup, mid-November. And, and these are, again, what he believes responsibly earliest they can be back maybe they do get ahead of schedule but this is again just the projection he doesn't you know not didn't get to look at every single knee himself but michael gallup mid-november jameson williams october 13th john mechie september 10th odo beckham late december kj hamler with the hip surgery he said probably september but cost a little bit off guards robert woods september 1st could be ready for week one robert tunyon august logan thomas october Taysom hill late october that's a thing lost in the we had a brief spell of Taysom Hill offseason hype. Like, it's coming back from Liz Frank. That's not good at all. Uh, I think those are the main ones. And Michael Thomas was – his response was just weird, and he was the biggest risk for that reason. <laughs> and that is – it is just a weird situation going on there because, Nate, like, if Michael Thomas is out, Chris Olave is going to boom up those freaking ranks. Yeah, I think both him and I think we see um, – it seems like to rotate a bunch of their wide receivers in and out. So I don't know if anyone outside of Lave would shoot up all that much, but I also waiting to hear about Alvin Kamara and how much hell his suspension will be for and how much that impacts the offense as well. Cause he likes to see plenty of targets too. Uh, we got one showstopper 85 wants to hear about Nikhil Harry on the bears. Couldn't have asked for, you know, a softer landing spot to go on. Like, literally, I don't think you could have asked for an easier wide receiver depth chart. But with that said, just a seventh rounder, if he if he sucks, he's probably not going to make the team. So I would still favor Mooney, Pringle, and Velas in three wide receiver sets. Dwayne, do you think differently? No, it's just tough with Harry. Like, we, it's not like the Patriots haven't needed a wide receiver. 
right? Yeah. <laughs> so that's my that's, that's my big concern um, with him, and he hasn't been able to do it. Um, it's not like he's been dealing with terrible quarterbacks either. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, like, yeah, I think, you know, he's had plenty of outs, you know, with Brady, with I guess the fact that it was a soft depth chart, you know, but Mac Jones was, uh, he was fine last no, year. I was, right? I, was thinking, was, I was thinking the Cam Newton, Brian. Uh, oh, I got you. I got you. Got you. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, I mean, look, it's to your point, like the, from a depth chart standpoint, it's a good landing spot. Like he could battle his way, but it's not somebody I'm going to start drafting now. It'll be something we'll just have to watch through camp. And even then we know it's probably going to be a run heavy offense. You know, if they can, if they get their way at it, it most, it'll be like balanced. It'll be a balanced offense. Cause we know they're going to have Justin Fields involved in the running game. Um, we know that the quarterback, I mean that the coaching staff has ties to a balanced attack. So um, I think the one good thing is the depth chart, but outside of that, like we don't know for sure about the quarterback. We don't know how often the offense wants to pass and we just don't, you know, there's not really been any positive signs with Nikhil Harry. He was, in fact, a first rounder back in the day, but it's just sad, man. Like Byron Pringle has just been a significantly better NFL player than Nikhil Harry. And again, like they he got, he just got traded for a seventh rounder. The Bears used a third rounder on Vilas Jones. I tend to give the benefit of the doubt to guys in the organization that have had that sort of draft capital or compensation given to them by that direct front office. It's one of the reasons why I'm higher on Colton Sutton than, than Jerry Judy and why I really think Tim Patrick has a great chance at the end of drafts to do something great. Dwayne drafted him a little bit ago is because, you know, that was John Elway in the previous front office making that Judy first-round pick. It was George Patton in the current group that chose to extend Colton Sutton and Tim Patrick to big money deals at the end of last year. So just something to keep in mind there. Uh, Andrew G talking about, I did see this report. I'm not sure how reliable one guy thinking Watson gets a four to six game suspension. And he's saying that, you know, even if it is BS, uh, still think that he's great value at the end. I have taken Watson in round 18 a few times. I'm still nervous to do it too much earlier, but you know, Nathan, do you, did you even rank Watson? Um, he's like in the thirties to forties at quarterback right now. Okay, Dwayne, I've struggled to like I haven't necessarily drafted him here, but I think once you get past like you know Fields and kind of Jameis, it's like, all right, do I really want to go with Tua or like Trevor Lawrence, or do we just like freaking gamble and go for Deshaun freaking Watson? Like that's kind of where I've ranked him, but I haven't always taken him there, to be fair. So maybe I'm a fraud, but thoughts <laughs> I did I did. Well, I was in the same position and I was never taking him, so I moved him down. Okay. I just moved him down the ranks. Um, I, I just feel like right now, like we're probably looking at a year long suspension. I'm not a legal expert, but like, it just doesn't feel good right now. Um, so, uh, but I think you can wait longer. You don't have to take him here, but I think the logic is right. Like once you get to that, that's where I used to have him was right above that tier. It's like, once you get to there, it's like, well, like, what are you really shooting for? Yeah. You know, might as well just take Watson. Um, the thing is now you can pretty much, you know, I see him go in the last round of these a lot of times. So you don't have to spend as high of a pick. All right. I am about to be on the clock. I'm somewhat panicking. Nathan, what would, <laughs> Nathan, how are you feeling about your team? Feeling for, yeah. 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 for five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so fairly happy with my team. Uh, I've been continuing to get a number of guys in either the AFC or NFC West. So lots of games where they'll be playing each other and a number of teammates with each other as well. Also got uh, multiple players that were in my wide receiver sleeper article that went out today. So, Happy to get some of those guys on my team and put my money where my mouth is. Um, got Sky Moore. I think this is the first time I was able to get a Sky Moore share. So I'm um, happy to finally have him on my roster at a spot that I was comfortable with. 
I end up taking DJ Chark. Uh, yeah, don't love it. Maybe we'll get the heralded golf Chark stack that everyone's after these days. Dwayne, we're through 13 rounds. How's, how's the squad looking? Uh, feeling good. I mean, I've so when you start structurally the way I did with the three backs and the tight end, <laughs> just, it's not a typical structure you see. So I went Cook, Aaron Jones, ETN, and Waller. Um, and so since then, all of my picks have been wide receivers, except for sandwiching in Derek Carr to stack with Waller. Uh, and I was one pick away from Renfro and I took Russell Gage instead. Looking back, like I could have done the double stack, like that would have been a nice thing to have with Carr. But at the same time, we've talked about this in the past. You don't always get the stacks that you're setting up. <laughs> so once you set up like the twofer and then you don't get your quarterback, it's like you don't like it as much. So I went ahead and went with, you know, Russell Gage instead of Renfro. But overall, like I'm satisfied, like my receivers are Juju, um, who I get access to, you know, an offense I like. Not crazy about his profile over the last couple of years. But again, I went running backs early. Amon Ross St. Brown, an actual talent profile that I love, love, love. Been super high on him. Russell Gage, we already talked about. Traylon Burks is slipping in ADP because apparently his asthma or his working out. Like, but we know this is a guy that went in the first round, comes into a spot where we know the targets are vacated. Um, so it's like the perfect match, right? We think he has the talent to uh, take over. So I like buying the the dip that gives me upside on Traylon Burks, Tim Patrick, another AFC West guy. Um, you know, he's got Russell Wilson now. Could be just as likely to break out as Jerry Judy. You and I talked about this earlier, yet he goes five, six rounds after Jerry Judy. So it's just an ADP thing. Then Rondell Moore, who should get an expanded role this year, second round pick last year. Again, AFC, NFC West. Again, Joshua Palmer, AFC, NFC West. And the thing I like about Palmer was actually something that you had looked at, Ian, and found was that, you know, and I didn't notice it until I went back and looked again after you had mentioned it, but he really did fill in for both. Mike Williams, as well as Keenan Allen, played inside and outside and in those games performed really well. So I like the upside with Palmer. I think he gives you spike week upside and he could actually give you more, right? If one of the other guys goes down, has that contingency value. And then Jalen Tolbert, um, you know, Michael Gallup's not going to play till November. Um, James Washington, we've seen before. So it's a high volume offense with a good quality quarterback in Dak Prescott. Yeah, number one is going to be Lamb. Number two is probably going to be Dalton Schultz. But after that, like the targets are kind of open. And Jalen Tolbert's a guy that in college worked downfield. So maybe he gives you those air yards, comes through, comes through with some big plays and a spike week. So uh, and then Waller and I took Higby in the last round just to give me another AFC West, you know, stack option. But having Waller like tight end was low priority, but I'm happy to get access to the Rams offense in some way, shape or form. So now I've got I've got my vaunted Higby, Josh Palmer stack in ready for week 17. I know you're trembling. And that is the thing with uh, Josh Palmer. It was, uh, you know, had a couple drinks to me and I was uh, going at someone on not just, I was engaging in healthy discourse on Twitter. If it's <laughs> such a thing uh, about Palmer. I was just like, you know, Jalen Guyton's still there and they're going to split things and stuff. And I uh, shout out to underdog zone, uh, Hayden Winks, Josh Norris, who've been on Josh Palmer for a long time. And it's more so, and even him going to 12th round, it's, it's starting to get to the point where he's no longer really this late round sleeper, especially on underdog with all the receivers always got to fly off but it really is just for that upside if something happens to Mike or Keenan because we are that confident in Justin Herbert and there's not a ton of wide receivers that you can do it for but just the fact the Chargers made it through this whole offseason without adding to the position room uh, you really got to like what we've seen what we saw out of Palmer in year one again just that potential upside God forbid something happened to an aging Keenan Allen and Mike Williams who still looks like he's never broken a fall in his entire life like God love him he catches the ball but dude goes up for a contested catch and comes down like a bag of bricks every time.
time. So uh, Jalen Tolbert's another one where with Michael Gallup potentially out, you're buying him at his floor, not his ceiling. Russell Gage as well. Like Dwayne's second half of the draft looks a lot like my first. Unfortunately, uh, couldn't couldn't quite keep it going. Let's see. You took Baker Mayfield, though. And I, had, I had to. I wanted Jared Goff to go well, with Monroe St. Brown, but he's got <laughs> the same bye week as Derek Carr. And then Ryan Tannehill I could stack with Traylon Burks. He has the same bye week as Derek Carr. Uh, so, yeah. And I don't necessarily want a three-quarterback build considering the way I started here. So We'll talk about DJ Moore and Baker Mayfield per our friend Aaron Martinez. Appreciate you watching, man. Hey, talk about Baker and DJ, Dwayne. <laughs> yeah so with mayfield look when nobody's claiming that he is you know an elite nfl quarterback but a lot of times really all we care about like to support like one really good fantasy option is you just have to live in the margins the margins like somewhere between average to below average to okay you know you don't have to be great you don't have to even necessarily be good and we know that dj moore's got the profile um, of someone that's already given us multiple wide receiver two finishes and the most likely players to eventually have a big wide receiver one breakout are the ones that have already given you multiple wide receiver two seasons in fantasy some things are easy and so dj moore still a young ascending player we could argue that this is the best quarterback he's going to play with you don't need to go nuts with him this shouldn't i've seen some people say oh dj moore second round pick now i don't Maybe in a PPR, not in a half PPR. Um, maybe he could push towards that in a PPR. But right now, I think in the middle of the third, like to the early fourth round, DJ Moore is a nice value. I moved him up seven spots in my overall ranks, which was like three spots in the wide receiver ranks after the the change. So not a, a huge movement, but definitely enough to make him and put him in consideration, you know, in the third round. I kind of forgot I only have one quarterback and tight end, so we are addressing that a little bit later than ideal. But you know what? When you when you reach on Kelsey and Mahomes, probably not a bad idea to take your time doing it as well. As long as Big Mick 428 isn't a dick, I will get Hayden Hurst. Come on. Oh, thank God. Hayden Hurst, Bengals, <laughs> tight end one. Seemingly like Hayden Hurst is one of the handful of guys that has a chance, I think, to be this year's Dawson Knox or the 2022 version of 2020 Robert Tunyon because if he does have the same exact role that Uzoma had, we're not expecting anything crazy. It's going to be 60 to 70 targets. But, man, if you want to bet on a few quarterbacks in the league to maybe feed their tight end double-digit touchdowns on that few targets – Joe Burrow is one of them. So Hayden Hurst is, you know, he's not Mark Andrews. He's not Kyle Pitts. But my God, if you're going to lose some position battles, it might as well beat those guys. He's not this, you know, catch the ball and fall down type of tight end. He has shown the ability to get down the seam, you know, X first round pick himself. I do think uh, Hayden Hurst this late in the draft, man, uh, one of the last tight ends that, you know, if I didn't have Kelsey, I probably wouldn't love him as my tight end two on the roster, but I do have Kelsey, so I'm fine with it. Where do you uh, fall on Hurst, Nate? Have you done an extended look at the uh, late round kind of tight end scene? Do you have a favorite yet? Oh, uh, yeah. So he's someone that I probably have around uh, tight end 20. Um, I do think he fits in that category of there's, you can see that path where, yeah, he probably isn't going to see a ton of targets relative to some of these other tight ends, but he should always be on the field. He'll always probably be the fifth best option to throw to when he's on the field, but um, the Bengals should be in the red zone plenty. And if that leads to plenty of touchdowns, um, we've seen a number of tight ends, especially in the past couple of years where they don't have to be the greatest tight end. All they have to do is score a lot of touchdowns and then you have a tight end one. So the path is there. I continue to, uh, I think Nate, I think you brought this up as your draft strategy, uh, 
Hopefully you did. I'm going to, if not, then this is what I think about it. Uh, with these quarterbacks that really keep falling and falling, Carson Wentz, Davis Mills, like in best ball, we got to draft some of these guys to fill out the roster, particularly if you just fall behind on it. And, you know, taking one of these Wentz or Goff or even Davis Mills, like in 16 to even 18 sometimes, like I'm fine doing that when the other option is reaching on guys like Zach Wilson and Tua. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, like if we were entering a ranking competition, like you probably should be more optimistic about what more some of these more proven veterans, albeit not proven great, but proven average more times than not, uh, can bring to the table in these late rounds when the other options are, you know, complimentary receivers and run first offenses or pure backup running backs. So just remember, you know, don't hate a player, hate the ADP. And when you can get a legit starting quarterback projected to go for 17 games at the very end of these drafts, not the worst idea in the world. Dwayne. You got two more picks. Any favorites from the group? Is Jamal Williams gone yet? He oh, is. No, he was. Uh, he was my target last round or two rounds ago, and he was gone. Um, no, I'm just trying to decide. Like, I think I still need another quarterback. I mean, <laughs> I need one more back. I could always use a receiver. I'm definitely not going tight end. So <laughs> we'll see what happens here. Um, you know, with Carr, I, I really like Carr this year, but. I think having three quarterbacks like is is the wise move here. <laughs> um, yeah. Just just because you know if we have games where you know he can't, it's not like he insulates anything with his legs. You know we do know the shootouts and those things will be there, and that's all set up. You know in the roster that I've built. Um, so I'm considering going with Wentz here, but I don't know. I'm definitely torn. I was doing a draft with uh, John Daigle, Hayden Winks, and D- Davis M- Matek Matic Matic. There we go. Love Davis. He, he was a real fun guest, but I, I was giving them some shit for just, you know, the constant, like, I guess you can call it contrarian mindset, but they, they just go through like these endless scenarios where you're probably getting 0.0001% leverage on it and stuff. And like, they, I, I like messed up with the quarterback and I ended up taking basically Kenny Pickett and Trubisky at the end. And I kind of rationalized it and they come up with this ridiculous, like conspiracy thing going on about like why it was actually sharp and come on guys let's not let's not overthink this here sometimes if you just want to take the better player uh i think that's an okay enough strategy i know it's a big tournament and all this too but uh you know kids just want to go crazy sometimes these days i did get the herald heralded davis mills brandon cook stack wasn't exactly shooting for that but Dwayne went ahead and took carson oh marcus mariota no no Wentz went ahead of me wow <laughs> you know what's funny though is i'm fi- actually fine with mariota just because he's going to carry you know, the standalone value might be better, you know, cause we're just hoping like that, you know, we get Mariota running the ball. <laughs> so, um, I'm actually fine with it. Um, yeah, the running backs, you know, I've got cook Jones, ETN, and then all I have is Brian Robinson after that. So I'm going to take another back Chris with Evans. this next pick. Yeah. I'm going to take one, no matter what, nobody else is going to take. I'm just going to go ahead and set up Derek Carr. Uh, so I'm going to take Kenyon Drake. Ooh, uh, bro. I uh, I have an article going out tomorrow. Kenyon Drake popped as one of the top running backs in terms of difference in rank standard to PPR. And for the first time I was like, hold on, could Drake be their pass down back? Cause we're freaking out about Ramondre Stevenson, maybe getting that role in new England when the same offense is probably going to be run in Las Vegas. Like again, this yeah. is the spot where you draft Kenyon Drake. I, I, I had to be so clear about that in the article when I talked about it. Cause I, I just have this, terrible feeling that pff fantasy social is just going to be you know ian artist is telling you go draft Kenyon drake no 
but we should be paying it. <laughs> we should be, yeah, maybe the last pick in the right, uh, right type of league. But like, we should be talking a little more about who's gonna get that Raiders pass down role because we don't really think it's gonna be Jacobs. Unfortunately, just I don't think it's gonna be. I think yeah. they're gonna use multiple backs, and if it's gonna be Zamir, if it's gonna be Abdullah, like, who do you think it is right now, Dwayne? Because if he's healthy, it probably could be Kenyon Drake. Drake is my most drafted back in full PPR right now over on DraftKings just because of what we're talking about. Number one, like all the other things we talk about, I get a lot of Derek Carr, so he's an easy last-round pick. I do think he will be the receiving back. Um, I think he's also got potentially, right, he could be the second back behind, you know, Jacobs, meaning if Jacobs goes down, like he could take 55 60% of the work, right? And Zamir White could be handling the early-down duties. I think there's a lot of ways um, for Kenyon Drake to get there. Like right now, the way I look at him, he's probably in that Rex Burkhead, like kind of jack of all trades, you know, role where you're going to be out there some on passing downs, going to relieve Jacob some, you know, they'll have Zamir White mixing in as well. So they'll probably have three guys rotating. But I think in the AFC West, especially when you have Derek Carr um, with all the shootouts we're going to have, they can beat a lot of passing game scripts. Like if he just gets the passing down work, right, and has contingency upside from there, I think Kenyon Drake is a really good player to target. He also, not in the last season, but he was injured. Um, We've also seen him show explosive playmaking ability as well. So I love backs like that. They could get on the field and passing downs. They've also got an ability, you know, to break longer plays, even though, you know, he's not somebody that's necessarily stayed healthy, you know, his whole career. I think Kenyon Drake is is, is a great last round shot. And over here on, um, underdog why i like him is he never gets drafted ever so if you are right and he's his profile is really similar to a lot of the other guys that are going in that last round ian like you know people want to take chris evans like really is chris evans that different than what we're talking about with Kenyon drake and you're probably only going to be pay- facing like 0.01 percent of the rest of the prize pool of the other players have Kenyon drake so i think there's a lot of things to like about him again that's why i like run some of these just base projection studies because Kenyon Drake was someone I barely even thought of this offseason. So on me, apparently, Dwayne, you have been thinking hard about this, but better late than never. And, uh, you know, it's July 12th. We're getting there. We're getting there, guys. Still got a little bit to go before real draft season starts. Nate, everyone can find your lovely work on PFF.com. Again, you just released your fantasy football PPR rankings. Anything else on the docket this week? You just can let that beast uh, hold someplace. I had the sleeper wide receivers go out today. I got quarterback tiers tomorrow, updates to my dynasty rankings and dynasty rookie rankings later this week, and then basically an article a day every weekday from now until forever. Absolute king shit at PFF underscore Nate Yankee on Twitter. You know, pretty fun Twitter game as it is, Nate, but man, I don't think there's anyone more valuable just after preseason and real games, holidays, whatever the hell it is. Nate has you covered with the fastest snap counts and just like, you know, actually other important actionable stuff going on. Truly appreciate it from myself, Dwayne, and the whole community. Dwayne, you have also been grinding. Your top 150 are out tomorrow. Nate beats the punch a little bit there, but you know what? I'm sure it'll, I'm sure it'll still be fun. <laughs> yeah uh well i had a top 150 in in june but this is the update to it right so there we've we go. got some movement so i've got notes on adp movement as well as movement within the list itself so i've got notes on about you know i've got the top 150 list and there's notes on about 30 of the guys in there so i'll have that and then we'll be into the strategy articles so i'll have a quarterback strategy article coming out later this week and then also the running back strategy article and the next week we'll hit wide receivers and tight ends 
great day to be great as always at Dwayne McFarland on Twitter. You can catch my 10 wide receivers who have really high projected target totals, not such high. Actually, they do have high ADP, but like, you know, good ADP, like you can draft them late and they have high target totals. That's the actual like title of the entire piece that 26 word sentence i just said anyway check that out on pff.com got a couple of stuff on running backs and the difference in scoring formats also tight end pecking orders around the league so at iheart on twitter as always and again everyone if you're looking to get a free pff subscription Okay, it actually costs you 10 bucks, but that's still pretty reasonable. Go on over to Underdog Fantasy, use promo code PFF, deposit, and play just $10 using promo code PFF, and you'll get that free PFF Elite subscription. And hey, if you want to just play a bunch on Underdog because it's a fun time, and you know, if you win millions on freaking one of the one of the tournaments, who cares about a simple deposit of $100? Underdog will match that for you using promo code PFF. So thanks so much for tuning in. For Dwayne and for Nate, I'm Ian. Until next time. Take care, everybody.